There is a movie. I mean, I watch a trailer. Everybody, go look it up. I don't even remember what it's called, but it's a uh, a trailer for uh, a man. Is it man's best friend? A dog's purpose? A dog's purpose? Oh, I think I've seen maybe this trailer. <laughs> And it's a part, like essentially a part two to a dog's purpose, and it has Dennis is Quaid. Dog, is this dog that reincarnated? Yeah, it's a dog. The same dog, like energy and soul, <laughs> gets passed down through all these different breeds of dogs. Oh, I was a little here for it. Hey everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less cynical and more curious life. I am Scott. And I am Macy. Welcome to episode number 49. 49. We are getting up there. 49 is a really beautiful number to me because oh. it's 7 times 7. Ooh. So didn't even think that. Just think it is a nice sounding number. Welcome to episode 49. Here we are. Which we are titling? We think we're titling. We think we are titling. Based on how this episode goes. Beauty will save the world. Interesting. Now we're not necessarily proposing that. We're we're grappling with it. We're we're tossing that phrase out there. Mm-hmm. There's a few people who have said some things about it. We'll <laughs> be a few more that will say some things. We're about not asserting it. it. We're not trying to convince anybody that beauty will save the world. But it's an interesting proposition, isn't it? And we're wondering, like, at least, well, beauty will save the world. A lot of other things might save the world, but beauty is one of them. True. Save the world. I don't know. What we'll get mean? into this. Yeah. So that hopefully that just goes oh oh Pause. that interesting little piqued your interest and and now we're not going to talk about it for a second, but uh, we'll give you a, a table of contents slash what we're talking about in a second. But this first part tonight, and let me just explain something. We haven't done this in a while, but the first part tonight is more of just a free form talking about the podcast, catching you up on things, cleaning house, whatever that phrase means. It's an old school phrase, it seems like. And here's what I'm telling you all, listeners. If that does not sound interesting to you, if you're like, oh my gosh. It I, ends with a giveaway, giveaway information. We're going to have a giveaway information. If this doesn't sound interesting to you, if you don't want to hear us talking about catching you up on our podcast and what's been going on and what's coming up, uh, look at the description of the episode. Whether you're SoundCloud or iTunes, there's a description and I will have placed some timestamps in there and it will tell you the topics and what we talk about. So you, you will be able to see where the discussion on beauty will save the world starts, and you can skip over us chatting and catching up about the podcast. But maybe you're interested in that sort of thing. If I was listening to a podcast where I was interested in the people and the conversations, I'd want to hear the catch-up. That's what we're going to do. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I almost prefer these kinds of I do things, too. and I don't know why. I just want to know more about the, the people. <laughs> you know, I, I just really like that. Yeah. So... With that being said, welcome to a quick check-in. Here comes a check-in. <laughs> and we're going to start by talking about a review, maybe? Oh, yes. Yeah, I have it here. <laughs> you we've, guys. we've been wanting to talk about this review, so that's one of the reasons we're doing this check-in. So we've been pleading and asking people to write reviews, and we got one review. First of all, maybe let's just say that. Everybody... <laughs> If you haven't yet and you listen to this podcast, <laughs> please write a rating and review on iTunes. I can't imagine. I've done a few. I can't imagine it takes longer than five minutes. No, it doesn't. Not I mean, only would it help us, 
But it it get, it does give us some fun little content to we will always read the ratings and reviews mm-hmm. here. It gives us some content to address. So it's a it's a favor, it's a request, it's a kindness. Please and thank you. <laughs> write a review. <laughs> we know you're out there yeah. listening. Here, but 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 basically, we've been kind of spoiled. <laughs> this this we got our. I I, I do you want to call it a mediocre review or officially a bad review? If it's if it's two stars, is that well? A bad I think review? it's a good review in that it's honest. Mm. If oh, that good makes point. sense. Good point. It does make sense. But it's our first. We got a two star, two, two out star. of five stars. So, if so it's we five failed star, as a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Well, a three star would be an average rating. Is mm-hmm. this like a? Is this like a C minus? Is two stars a C minus? I don't know what makes someone choose to choose one star versus two. Like I'm almost like commit to the one star. You're never going to come back to this. E, well, maybe they were maybe trying to say just worse things out there. Uh, okay, well, well, okay. Should I read it or do you want to read it? No, you can read it. Okay. So first of all, okay. Also, let me just say. I am here for this review. <laughs> Scott really loves that we got a two-star I, 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 I want it, and, and I also am not phased by it because yeah. I feel like I have a fairly clear idea of what we're about. So if somebody's going to critique something that we're not about, then I'm okay with it. If somebody said, um, these guys are not very sensitive to people, they're, they don't, they're not very curious or open-minded, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I'd be... A, fairly discouraged mm-hmm. i'd be like i'm trying to sound curious and <laughs> open-minded and and wanting long-form discussion so if somebody wasn't picking up on that i'd be very concerned. sad yeah but this does not concern me and i'm not saying that to dismiss the review because anything can be helpful feedback but i am simply saying it's a it's a pretty sassy review. The lead so up to this that. review Here is comes, very everybody. ironic. <laughs> Maybe yes, it is an ironic lead up, isn't it? <laughs> Listen to this; it is ironic. So the title of this review is "Get On with It." <laughs> so I'm doing. I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm doing exactly what this reviewer is talking about. Read the review. Get on with it. So the title of the review is "Get On with It," but I'm not going to get on with it. We're going to keep talking. <laughs> I am, I'm going to get on with it in the sense I'm about to read the review, but this podcast is not about getting on with it. It's not. <laughs> so get on with it. Two stars. The The person that wrote this is F.T. Wayne 7? Featuring. Featuring Wayne 7? We don't know. April 30th, so it was a while ago. Okay, here comes the review. These two take way too long <laughs> to get to the point. Too much filler, not enough content. Okay. Do you want to respond to that? I, what, what do you say to that? My thoughts are, first of all, of thank you. Second of all, Scott didn't get butthurt at all. I got butthurt for like a little bit. <laughs> oh <my gosh>. Okay. <laughs> Just like a tiny bit. I think because this idea of not enough content. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I think we have good content. And I don't consider anything to be filler. I think maybe that's the thing where I'm like, oh, you're missing it. Nothing's that's why I'm actually not filler. Offended by it. Yeah. But you were kind of... I was like offended. slightly, probably a little bit more defensive, but mm-hmm. I think it exposed me to the attachment I have. So Defense mechanisms. Defense we have episodes. mechanisms. Ultimately, I'm glad and happy for just some honest feedback. This is how this person felt about that, and I appreciate it, but this is, this is the thing about get to the point. We aren't rushing to a main point. I'm not... Mm-hmm. We, we're not trying to convince you of a... Uh, we, we are having 
I mean, this might be something we'll put in the actual tagline someday. Mm -hmm. We're having a meandering conversation. (laughs) Intentionally. Conversation. We're just meandering. We're We're sitting in a living room. We're not a snippy podcast. We're not snippy. It's not. We're not cutting things up, making it nice and quick and bop, 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 bop. We're not doing that. And to be honest, I would be sad if we started to do that because one of my favorite podcasts, our favorite podcast that inspired us, the podcast, is getting a little too... Speedy. It's a little too speedy. That's a great way of saying it. we still love it. But like, I listen to it and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and and what I would like to say, and I'm sure they're okay. Obviously, they're more successful. So maybe if you are more speedy, you get more yeah. successful. They've also been at it a little bit longer than us, much longer actually, probably five years. But um, I, I, I personally would love for them to slow down. If you're a fan of the podcast, I am here. To listen to Knox and Jamie. They're the hosts. I'm here for the long conversation. I will listen. I don't <laughs> need them to speed it up for me. I'm a fan. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think we're really showing our biases. We like long podcasts. I prefer like my favorite podcast. They go on rants and they talk about weird things that I'm like, I don't know what they're talking about at all. And yet it's. But you like, it's like. It's like you're in the room with them. It's that, that meme of people standing yeah, next to yeah. a group of, like a poster of a group of friends hanging out. And it's like, oh, yeah, me too. Like <laughs> That's what a podcast <laughs> makes you feel like. We'll have, to po- we'll have to post that meme. Yeah, that's a good one. I think we've posted it before, but it can be a repost. All right. Well, uh, should so, we move on from this review? Yeah, I will just say. Just Go talking, write a review. This, yeah, please write a review, everybody. <laughs> it, it, uh, I don't know if I'm officially begging, but I am <laughs> politely asking. <laughs> um, and also just philosophy philosophizing about podcasts in general. I mean, I mean, I think I've brought this up before, but the Joe Rogan podcast typically between two and a half to three hours. And it's one of the most successful podcasts. So I'm continuing to try to lean into that fact Mm -hmm. and just say there is an audience out there for long form meandering blabby podcasts. And And that's that's what this is. And that review is helpful in that when people come to click on us, they're like, Oh, I'm not here for that kind of podcast. Or some people are right. Like when I see a podcast and I see it's only 25 minutes, I'm like, Oh no, that's not a podcast Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Me too. What are you going to cover in 25 minutes? Yeah, I listen to the story brand podcast with Don Miller and again, fan. So I, I get excited about the longer episodes. The moment I see like a 26 minute episode, I'm like, what is this? What is happening? It's too, too little time. And I, and I kind of, even if the topic sounds intriguing, I go and I look for the longer episode, 48 minutes. Ooh. Yeah. What are they doing for 48 minutes? That must've been important. Long yeah. conversation. That's really interesting. That's my personality. Personal taste. Okay. There it is. So Podcast that's everybody. our rate a review plug. That's our rate and review plug. Thank you to the reviewer. <laughs> Now I think we're going to talk a little bit about what's coming up. What is coming up? Okay, you guys. (laughs) We've been doing this podcast thing for a year, about a year. It feels so weird. A year and two weeks. I literally do have more gray hair than (laughs) I did a year ago. It's happening more rapidly now. Is it because of the podcast? No, definitely not. If anything, (laughs) the podcast is preventing me from having gray hair. De-stressing? A year ago, we agreed we would do this for a year, and here we are a year later, and personally, I think we've re-upped for a year. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So no small things just going to keep happening. If, if you if you listeners care about this, this was a more of a personal commitment that Macy and I made to each other. Yeah. But I guess we're if you care about this, we're recommitting to <laughs> listeners. We're going to be here for at least one more year. <laughs> it's not going to fizzle. The, I, I definitely think no matter what happens, we won't fizzle. I we'll agree. make a very intentional decision to, to end. 
It'll be a sad day. It'll be a sad day. I mean, even if it's right, even if, if even if it's the right decision and the time is right, it'll still feel yeah, really sad. Sad and nostalgic. Okay, so with that in mind, these, never end. this kind of nostalgic, sentimental, a year ago <laughs> moment, because y'all, I'm getting nostalgic and sentimental because the weather's different. It reminds <laughs> me that we started the podcast. It's all, all the moods are happening. And because of that, partially, we're having... Maybe, maybe that's what's happening. Oh, you I know a little that's moody what's happening. Yeah, I don't know if we wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah, Macy's. <laughs> moody Macy's. Maybe, maybe you're feeling... The, the nostalgia, maybe your body's remembering, your mind's remembering. Oh, I really think that's Things true. Things were happening at this time last year. Um, so with that being said. Macy's a four. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true, okay, with that being true. said. Um, we have, I would say like two really special, exciting episodes coming up. Yes. The ne- next week's episode is our 50th episode. And it's, we've already, it's our Enneagram episode. So every five episodes we do Enneagram and we've done all nine numbers. So mm-hmm. if you're curious, what the heck is the Enneagram? Maybe go listen to some of our Enneagram episodes. Yeah, go do some research. Google it. Um, but our 50th episode is going to be the Enneagram, a history. Wow. Which we're going to try to give a history of the Enneagram. That's tyranny of taste because we do wish there was an episode out there that helped us with that. A hundred percent. This is maybe the episode I'm maybe the most excited about. I'm excited about the fact that you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> because I know this is going to be a fun week for you coming up. The Enneagram has become very popular, mm-hmm. very fast, and we're here to discuss what the heck the Enneagram is and its I think little we're, history. We're starting to figure out that what we're doing, we're just, this is new. We're starting to figure out that we're offering something a little different. We're taking a bit of a different take. We're not wanting to lean into the pop culture Enneagram. Yeah, we're wanting at, at we, now again, not experts, not trained Enneagram coaches, but we are wanting to lean into the historical, deep, rich, serious practice. Of, yeah, of trying to trying to like really dig deep at the roots of the Enneagram and the way it was originally taught, because I think that in itself is incredibly helpful in terms of doing Enneagram work. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to be trivialized. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. I guess we'd say the Enneagram is no small thing. I think people out there in the world, on Instagram especially, mm-hmm. but other places, are kind of trivializing a little bit. It's a little parlor trick. It's a little parlor game. Something you chat about with your friends. And it can be fun, but I th- think it's also kind of serious. I think so. I mean, we do memes and things uh-oh, like that, so uh-oh, we're uh-oh. contributing. It's the world we're is learning. really confusing. We're growing. But we're, we're finding our way. We are. Yeah, I mean, I guess a meme is not terrible if it's if it's leading to something else, and maybe a game isn't terrible because that's one of the things we post about. A game, yeah, I don't out. know. I don't know what I think about that. Have big shrug emoji for this. Yeah, but the, an enneagram history is coming up next week. Very mm-hmm. pumped about that. We we have these. This is a this is this is a little preview, but we have these sort of original thinkers like Naranjo, Gurchev. Oh. What are we um, talking about, Gurchev? And, and, and even Beatrice Chestnut. Even Helen Palmer. Old, I mean, it's Palmer. there's it's a really like short OGs. history. The the narrative tradition. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about that. But it's it there's a lot of little I'm I'm gonna use this word lightly. I'm not that serious, but I wanna say it as a kind of a joke. There's some silly books out there. Oh, there's some <laughs> silly books out there. And there's just some misinformation, I think. Yeah. Um that's getting passed, it seems like. Or at least people don't realize that what they're reading is, there's more to it than just that side of it. Yes. 
We have a lot of thoughts about we, this. Yeah, so that, it's gonna be we'll coming. get to that. <laughs> so next week is going to be the Enneagram a history. history. And then... Oh, get ready, y'all. <laughs> Does this merit several drum rolls? So next next week really is our official, I think, anniversary. Mm-hmm. But so what we're going to do is Enneagram seems appropriate to just sort of focus on, on for the anniversary. And then essentially what we're doing is the next week is our celebration of our anniversary it's and like the launch party. of the new year. Yeah, mm-hmm. birthday party. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way of saying it. Um, and so with that, as you all know, as we've started to s- discover ourselves as a podcast, curiosity does seem to be one of the big giant bass notes mm-hmm. of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we don't really know much about what that is. <laughs> you know, we're going to be curious about curiosity. So we're going to try to do an episode on curiosity. Which is also incredibly exciting. Yeah. Now, I probably isn't going to surprise anybody that I've ordered several books already on <laughs> curiosity. And one of the interesting things is the, the book I ordered that was first in my queue um, that seems to be really legit has a owl on the front of it, a barn owl. And that seems Which to be associated with Which is an Enneagram 5 yeah. thing. Yeah, so wh- whatever. But um, that's... We're going to try, I guess what we're going to try to do is unpack the mechanics of curiosity. How does it work? How do we, how do we become curious? Why is curiosity important? Mm-hmm. What prevents us from being curious? These types of things. We'll just go the full distance on yeah. that one. So those are episodes that are coming up in our two week celebration. Here we go. Look two at weeks. this double birthday. Time. <laughs> double birthday. Oh, double birthday. Oh my gosh. I've never seen one before. <laughs> 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 okay okay so that's coming up in the podcast but then you guys coming up in this podcast oh yeah we're, we're talking, doing wait is that episode. is all is that all the cleaning house stuff do we have anything else um we are on patreon oh, oh that <laughs> sort of thing we are on patreon if you we really want us to keep growing and you think what we're doing is cool and you want to you're like how can i support the podcast mm-hmm. a few different ways go on patreon Patreon.com slash no small thing. Yep. We have some Patreon supporters. Um, it's very helpful. I mean, someday if if we raise enough money essentially through Patreon, we'll, we're, we're going to get some nicer microphones and kind of build up a little studio in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Make this thing a little bit more professional, yeah. although never too professional. Not too professional. That would be cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> and stuffy. And um, stuffy. Yeah, we don't want it to be stuffy. We don't want it to be. Okay, so... Another way, this is our final plug for Cleaning House to sh- support the podcast, is to honestly simply share it. Like, yeah, clicking an episode that you liked, an episode that spoke to you. Post it in a story. Post it in a story. You can screenshot it, post it in your story, or just send the message to your friend. Podcasts, I think, get most spread by, like, individual. Once you listen to it one time, then it's like, oh, now I know this, and you dive deep into it. Mm-hmm. So if you could just send one episode to one pal, that would go, like, a big effect, I think. Hashtag one episode to one pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start that. One episode to one pal. Do it. <laughs> okay. Coming up on this episode. On this episode. Here tonight, we are. Today's episode. We'll get, we're going to give you a little table of contents. And like I said, go now it's probably too late because you've listened to this whole opening, but <laughs> you can check the timestamps. <laughs> check the timestamps. Here we stamps. are at an explanation. Okay. So our first little segment is going to be called Beauty Will Save the World. I put it in a question mark. Question mark? Beauty will save the Should world. Should I put that in the in the title of when people <laughs> click on it? We can maybe discern it. Okay. But beauty we're going to be talking about what? what do we mean by beauty will save the world? Should we go through the table of contents or the actual show notes? Yeah. And then, so okay. that's the first section. And are, then. Are you, is your interest peaked? 
beauty will save the world. What, what, what do they mean by what that? What are we talking about? Well, we'll unpack that. We'll unpack it. We're not still sure. Um, <laughs> the next one is beauty will save Scott and Macy. <laughs> yes. Wow. I love, I, man, I forgot about that. I'm already really liking it. So, it's mostly us applying the concept of beauty will save the world to ourselves and seeing if it proves true. Have there, has there been times where beauty has saved us, helped us, moved us, shaped us? Formed us? It's, oh, if you're interested in this, let me just say it right now. To me, personally, this feels like a true no small thing episode. Beauty will save the world has no small thing vibes. Mm-hmm. Beauty, beauty's no small thing. Mm-mm. Saving the world is no small thing. <laughs> art, actually, and just so Saving you guys the understand. Saving the a lofty concept. Uh, a lot of this has to do with art. Yeah. What we talk about. This will be artsy vibes. um, But art in like a big conceptual way. And the way we we record this podcast is we're sitting in a living room quietly with some candles. And, you know, typically we have a ruination was a poetry reading. I think the good life for me, (laughs) the good life, this is especially important in contrast to our sports conversation last week. If you think of like the good life of somebody who's going to a sports game or a Super Bowl party, Mm -hmm. the good life for me, which I fully haven't totally discovered or made for myself yet, but this is part of it, Mm -hmm. is sitting around and sharing songs and poetry. And that is a night I am here for. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a sharing some literature and, and favorite passages and poetry night. Come to our house. Bring something. Why haven't we done that? I've never done that. That sounds great. Yeah. That's kind of what the podcast is, though. So in the beauty will save Scott Macy part, we're going to share some things that have impacted us. So you'll get to sit in whatever you do when you're listening to podcasts, going on a walk, doing your dishes, and we're going to share some little artsy things. Some artsy. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe as you're doing those activities, you'll find interesting Mm -hmm. going on in the background. Scott's reading a little story. Scott's sharing a song. Scott's reading a poem. Macy's sharing something. So that is Beauty Will Save Scott and Macy. Mm-hmm. And then it's a rumination. Oh, is, is that something? it? No, is no. I, well, yeah, I think it is. And that's the end. I think that's it. But, but this Beauty Will Save Scott and Macy will be divided into two parts, Scott and Macy. And those will be kind of lengthy. Mm-hmm. So we're, so, uh, we're not going to be getting to the point. <laughs> <laughs> the point is the sharing. <laughs> we're not rushing around here. <laughs> and for the first time ever, we're closing with a rubination. Yeah, we're going to close with a rubination. Hopefully that not? sounds intriguing to you. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully he's still up by the time we, sh- we get to the rubination. He'll still be up. Okay, coming up, beauty will save the world. Question mark? Will it? We're we'll find out. Everybody, here we go. We are going to talk about this idea of beauty will save the world. Hopefully your interest is peaked. Now, here's, here's where it all started. There is a book by an SPU professor. And probably, as you continue to listen to the podcast, SPU will come up every once in a while. It's where Macy and I went to college. Greg Wolf is an English professor. I think that's right. 
I don't uh, know. I didn't know he was an SP professor until you told mm-hmm. me today. And he is the founder of Image Journal. Image Journal. Look it up. It's pretty interesting. And it's a literary journal. Probably not saying that perfect, but... Uh, literary artistic? Something like that. My wife and I have had a membership slash subscription for probably like 10 years. We, hmm. we have a ton of them at our house. It's awesome. And he had this book. And... Um, both my wife and I read it. I thought at the time it was really interesting and inspirational, mostly because it kind of affirmed something I think I was already feeling about beauty and art, mm-hmm. but also because it introduced me to a bunch of really cool artists. Mm-hmm. So I like low key rep- like recommend the book, but that's not what we're not necessarily talking about this book. We're using no, the it, book as a springboard. It like made you start to think and see things in a different mm-hmm. way almost. It gave mm-hmm. you a new kind of concept to. Or lens to see things. Yeah, help helped frame something I think I was already thinking. For, so, for example, here. Okay, cut me off if I'm talking too much. No, go for it. Okay. Um, essentially, what essentially one of the main my interpretation one of the main ideas of this book is that the beauty that we experience in good art is essential for inspiring us to be better. Mm-hmm. There's my paraphrase. I didn't write that down. It's my quick, off the top of my head, paraphrase. Not trying to get to the point, <laughs> meandering a little bit, thinking out loud, processing. Um, but at the time, I think I have always gravitated, even from a very young age, to art. And you could talk about writing, music, movies, that perhaps you could say is a little bit grittier, mm-hmm. on the grittier side, or more raw or more honest. Yeah. And to me, I find that to be a, little, a bit more compelling. And so I think one of the things he's highlighting in this book is artists that grapple with the complicated nature of existence. Hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, art that doesn't just show sort of a utopian, polished, um, perfect view of the world, but but something that takes pain yeah. and despair into account. Yeah. Um, and then I think the key is infusing it with something, uh, an undertone of hope or meaning or insight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, okay. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. The first thing is I do think in terms of like this idea, this book, it does like put, it's like moving art and beauty in that towards like a centerpiece. It's saying this is like, this is a hinge point that inspires a lot of bigger things. Like this is something that we should take serious. It's not just embellishment. Art is not just like a side thing. It's an Mm -hmm. essential quality to society and culture and growth. Yes. Yes. Man, you always say it's so good. I want to push back (laughs) on the idea that beauty necessity, like necessarily necessarily is, always like in fleshing this idea of like grittiness but also hope i think there is some beauty that is just straight up gorgeous and draws us to nature and that in itself saves us there's beauty that is a rainbow is beautiful yes there is there are things that are so aesthetically beautiful the fibitron what was it called the fibitron (laughs) oh uh the Fibiachi number. The Fibiachi. I think that's the right word. I think that I'll sounds right. Do any of you know what we're talking about? I think that a lot of people probably do. I think a lot of people probably do. And that, I think that's like that's like a visual and mathematical beauty. Oh, 
That yeah. was crazy. Which, when you look at, like, the Mona Lisa or, like, The Last Supper or mm-hmm. a lot of... But those are both major Western examples. But these paintings that we see are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to break them down in terms of the Fibiachi number and, like, that swirl, oh, it's watched, all within there. You watched some more than I did. <laughs> I didn't... I, didn't well, I only watched the pine I just, I just kind of deep-dived it. Wow. Um, that's That almost sounds like... A conspiracy theory or something, but I'm, I'm sure I it's true. I don't think so. I think it's, I don't even think it's like planned. I think it's almost this natural order or thing that occurs sometimes wow. that it, it just happens. Like Da Vinci talked about it mm. um, and like wrote drawings with it and things like that. Um, Fibonacci. Fibonacci. I, I think that's right. I, I hope that right. this whole time it has been wrong. Look it up. Y- um, you all probably know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. People look it up. So my pushback is in a kind of a myriad of ways because I think, yes, art that speaks to like deep broken humanness and also speaks to hope is very profound and can Mm -hmm. lead us towards transcendence and is necessary. But I also think different kinds of art can do that. Like art that only offers despair, I think has a place. Yeah, I think that's true. An art that really mostly, like, art that offers, like, just straight up, like, aesthetic beauty. Like, I'm I'm also just really drawn to abstract art. So that has a place. And that inspires. And this book may agree with that. I'm not entirely sure. Side I note. I have read the whole book. We just opened the <laughs> windows here. And uh, you might hear some cars going by. But that hopefully will just add to the... We like the nice background noise vibes. Yeah. It's ASMR. It's like ASMR. <laughs> but, um, okay, let me, let me try to continue to set the tone here. Okay. One of the, again, I'm summarizing and paraphrasing my interpretation, so, but I do think it will be helpful. Beauty will save the world. Art. Okay. Everybody following along, thinking. Thinking. I'm not like mansplaining it to everybody or anything. I'm processing out loud. So, (laughs) Um, one of the things that he talks about that, again, at the time was very enlightening to me and still pushing me along in terms of trying to understand art and its role is like, Everybody knows in this podcast, we have talked about faith, Christianity, Mm -hmm. art, music. So to me, this episode feels a little bit like a no small thing sweet spot. This is in a lot of ways what we're really truly about. I was kind of calling it artsy intellectual vibes earlier. (laughs) Like it's art, but it's also the process of discussing art. Mm -hmm. And Greg Wolf in the book was saying there was something compelling to him about merging um, art with now this is the key everybody so pay attention art with capital letters here transcendence or art with faith or art with meaning or art with religion or art with prophecy essentially is saying from from is i guess in the parameters of this book art meaning something that's um, grappling with humanity, the human element of life here down on earth, planted firmly on the ground and transcendence, religion, faith, prophecy, these types of things are saying, um, beyond that, there is a meta narrative of sorts. There's something that points to meaning beyond everything that we're experiencing here. And sort of, this is a fancy word, but sort of adjudicates or, has a a broader, bigger meta say in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, take that whatever you want. So he's saying it's emerging. It's saying like 
Uh, he wants prophecy and religion and transcendence to be pulled back down to earth through art and to say those things okay. have to deal with the reality of human nature and hmm. humanity, hmm. which is why in the book he's advocating for, and I think art oftentimes advocates for this, uh, dealing with everyday human existence. Right. But art left to its own devices isn't necessarily pointing towards anything better or greater or anything like that. So I think this is the crux of the episode. I think, and this is why I think you and I ultimately agree, but I think you're a little bit more passionate than me. I don't think art necessarily has to do that. No. I think what we're trying to talk about is maybe a affinity for art that does do that. Mm -hmm. I, I do like art that does do that, but I'm not demanding that art does it. Right. You know? Yeah, I think, yeah, art is just, like, legitimately so subjective. Yeah. So I think, like, trying to say that, like, a certain kind of art. I think I just get weary of being, like, oh, a certain kind of art, like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. We'll try it. <laughs> see, what, see what comes out. Get to the point. Way too long. <laughs> I think, in general, I would agree that... I am probably drawn towards, well, I don't know. I'm really drawn. I was trying, I was talking to Matthew about this. I'm like so moved by like texture and color. You are more like than so most. so moved by texture and color. And that you convey that you help, you help people feel that through the work that you do, honestly. So I, I like it just like wrapped up in this idea of like, I don't know how that relates necessarily to humanity, but it, it does because it seems to speak to something inside of me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I it's still think you might have synesthesia. I don't think so. Um, you have a lot of emotions. Something's going on in your head when it comes to colors and sounds and textures more than most. I think it's beyond being an Enneagram four. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do think that this, like, phrase, beauty will save the world, is, like, a wonderfully lofty phrase. Yeah. Like, it is, of course, like, hyperbole in a way, mm -hmm. but it's also speaking to something to say that, no, beauty will save us. Like, practically, will it? I don't know. I do think there was another thing, another element to this, is, as, again, we, we're kind of setting the board here, setting the tone, setting the parameters. Mm -hmm. Something about this book, in my mind, redefined beauty. Mm -hmm. And I do think this is a through line so far through No Small Thing, and at least our conversations. Is, yeah. um, beauty isn't necessarily, you know, again, a rainbow or a flower, right. a perfect flower, a perfect rainbow, a perfect sunset. There is something beautiful about that in the traditional sense that we use that word. But I even, I made a, I made a playlist. Everybody knows we do playlists. Mm -hmm. We talked about, it's our second episode, everybody. Macy made me a really great playlist this week. I made a playlist for Reuven one time where I uh, put a soundbite from David Lynch, one of my favorite directors, one of Reuven's favorite directors. There's Reuven. <laughs> and he is kind of going off on this idea that uh, a zoomed-in image of a pussy sore could be beautiful. Yeah. Like, that beauty is yeah. very complex. and and uh, Very complex. Yeah, so... So in this sense, I think beauty is saying um, almost like a, a, a more a placeholder for what we're trying to say is um, something that's compelling, 
something that grabs you, something that moves you, yeah, something that draws you out, yeah, um, yeah. I think sometimes too in beauty there seems to be like a sense of exposure, which is maybe what maybe what Wolf was speaking to of this idea <laughs> of like. Side side note, let's just say Macy didn't love this book. <laughs> we read this book this week. I also week. barely I didn't finish it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't speak to the whole book. So. Yeah. Um but like this idea, I think beauty is often very exposing and it speaks to something. Like um something that is like beautiful to you versus me like it's because it's exposing something that you're already feeling usually Mm -hmm. but then it's also exposing a truth about the world so like something gross is also beautiful because it's like you're kind of forced to face it and you're exposed to it Mm -hmm. i don't yeah there's also something about the idea of um something that's complicated Mm -hmm. something that has layers something that has multiple interpretations yeah you know that's beautiful in its own way yeah. I'm not again, I want to say this several of the disclaimers that we tend to give on this <laughs> podcast is one, we're not experts. So good because what we're trying to do is everyone has a right to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sit around and talk. Yeah. Talking is good. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're not we're not saying, "Oh, we're experts. We're going to show you exactly. We know we know the answers to beauty. We know what beauty is." Um also we don't have this perfect definition of beauty. We're wondering out loud about it. And I, yeah. And on top of that, I think this is like, we are two like commoner, common folk, lay folk who are like going to discuss. Peasants. (laughs) (laughs) Like neither of us are, have any like degrees or schooling or true like background in music or art or poetry or writing any of these things that we're typically drawn towards. We've done some of those things, but we're not trained, but we're not trained. And there's, I don't have a rich history of them and yet Mm -hmm. we are participators in them. And it's, we're I hope that us giving ourselves permission to talk about them may give you permission to talk about them and be 100%. like, no, I, That's the I goal. have some agency in this conversation regardless of whether or not I have X, Y, and Z training or know this much. Like, you have agency in determining beauty, too. And I just love the idea of, like, if you, if you give yourself to the process mm-hmm. of discussion, mm-hmm. playful discussion, playful discussion, what will come up? What realizations <laughs> will you have about yourself, about the world? Just go so down the many. rabbit trails, you know? But I will say in terms of, like, really wanting to give people some grounding, what we're talking about is a a bit of a richer uh, definition of beauty, mm-hmm. a more complicated definition of beauty. Mm-hmm. So I would love to just encourage listeners, if you're listening right now, whatever you're doing, to think about what is your definition of beauty, what what what... Images and connotations, things that come up for you as you hear that word, and maybe can we take it a step further or two, mm-hmm. and let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think we're asking. Yeah, you know? yeah, I agree. I'm asking it of myself. Yeah, and in inviting <coughs> inviting us all on this idea of maybe opening our eyes to seeing beauty in different ways mm-hmm. and seeing beauty as maybe an igniting force. Yeah. And I guess if it saves the world, I guess maybe a better way to ask that question is what, what does the role, what is the role that beauty plays? Yeah. 
art? What is the role that it plays? Are you asking? Well, yeah. And, and I guess I was saying earlier, like, to think um, you and I were just riffing on this idea of artists. Uh, okay, let me just say, Macy and I were talking about this idea. Macy was the one that brought it up of um, maybe beauty or what will save the world. What will save the world will look different for every Enneagram type. Mm-hmm. So we were saying a six or a one especially will be thinking about infrastructure and organization and really tangible things <laughs> that will actually help save the world. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a four especially type of question of, well, it's not those practical, everyday, tangible infrastructure, engineering, mathematical equations, really down to things. It's actually beauty. Yeah. And you could see a one and a six and other types of kind of rolling their eyes at that. Yeah. So every number has its thing to contribute. But I think I was wondering about the idea of, beauty inspiring those types to do their work yeah so doctors engineers all those types tend to be inspired at the end of their day and moved and motivated and animated by some sort of art yeah it's music or poetry or something and that may save the world i think (laughs) i think there's something that comes with art beauty whatever word we're using Like when I was thinking about this topic, the word freedom kept coming to my mind. Mm. Is there something about the artist choosing any medium and being free and allowing free expression? And then we, an audience, get to participate in that by viewing and coming alongside that. And we are like inspired by their freedom to create and just step into the unknown. And I think that gives so much power to people to do that in different areas of their lives. (laughs) So good. That's a little mini Macy sermon right there. That was good. Um, Totally agree. So I think that beauty will save the world and that beauty exposes us and beauty also allows us to express our true selves. Art is giving us examples and it's people, artists. mm, Ooh, here we go. I don't know. Let's see. (laughs) I feel like you're about to try (laughs) to say something really big here. I know, but I don't think it's that big. I just think that the work of an artist is often like leaning into like honest expression mm-hmm. and it is that leaning into that, that people can then be inspired to do the same. Yes. Like that's what will save us when we yes. can trust ourselves that's and express ourselves. That's a whole new spin I wasn't thinking about. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. It's your, a new spin I've just been thinking about too. The listener or the observer or the participator, uh, their own sense of, uh, permission mm-hmm. or inspiration to also be free. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll probably talk about this that later when it's world. beauty will save Scott and Macy. Yeah. But I do think the process of doing art in whatever medium it is, is also an incredibly liberating process and has incredible power in moving people. So it's not just beauty as in like, Oh, let's, take a look at beauty, but also beauty as how do we participate in creating beauty and oh. creating art? Yeah, you're saying all the things <laughs> that I would want to be said. Um, and not in a way I was necessarily predicting, so that's pretty cool. Beauty will save the world? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Do we convince you? We're not convinced. We're still, we're still wondering. We're still wondering. Okay, so I think coming up, we're going to try to delve just a little bit deeper, take mm-hmm. it one step further just in terms of... we're Okay, coming up, we're going to talk about how this may have happened in our life, how mm-hmm. how we 
have uh, experienced art and what we prefer and stuff like that. Um, so that's coming up. Okay, we're back. Here we are, everybody. We're going to try to talk a little... We're going to go a little deeper. So this is a con- essentially a continuation of what we were just saying. Mm-hmm. We've kind of set the board, set the guidelines, <laughs> set the parameters, and now we're going to go a little deeper. <laughs> Beauty will save Scott and Macy? Yeah. And you? Maybe. And again, w- there is preparation that goes into these episodes, but it's basically preparation for a conversation. Mm-hmm. So we're... I'm discovering as I talk, and Macy's discovering as she talks. <laughs> We're just here talking, and you're in on it. Uh, so, so taking a step further, I just wanted to reflect on our experience of art mm-hmm. and what are the types of qualities mm-hmm. in things that we find to be the most enjoyable, or you could put, put it a different way, things that we find ourselves returning to for inspiration or uh-huh. depth. Uh-huh. So for here, here, I'll start. Yeah. I'll say, I have found myself enjoying and returning to, and again, this book helped give language to it. Um, things that, this, this is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. This is what I just find to be so compelling. I'm not getting to the point. I'm, I'm holding your main attention. I like something that highlights the darkness and sadness of the world in a mm-hmm. way that is just tragically epic. I want somebody to bring me to my knees mm-hmm. and say, this world has no meaning. It's depressing. It's broken. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's meaningless. It's nonsensical. Yeah. And I'm in a space where I'm just like at my wits end. Mm-hmm. And then a little whisper of hope, you know, and I don't want too much because then I'll think it's cheesy. <laughs> and, and it won't ring true. It won't actually move me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if somebody's willing to infuse... And again, I do think there's a space for just pure despair. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a, a, a mood. I think, yeah. I think <laughs> you know? there's a full space for that. Yeah. But I do love and appreciate and enjoy the type of art that can offer a hint of hope, a hint of meaning, a hint of... Um, Order, even mm-hmm. you could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if but if something, I guess to just even just go a step further, if something's just despair, I probably won't keep returning to it. Just naturally. When you are you thinking in terms of maybe like a book of music? Typically, is that, are those the two mediums you're thinking about? I, I think I probably engage with like books and TV, okay, and, and movies and yeah. Um, I think. There are, like, for example, this is kind of a hoity-toity name, but like Lars Von Tier is a is a director who's 
worldview tends to be fairly bleak mm-hmm. and doesn't offer a ton of hope or anything really in terms of order. Or, and so his movies are compelling and interesting to watch, but I don't find myself wanting to return to them. Mm-hmm. You can make the argument that maybe I should, and maybe that's my weakness. <laughs> At the same time, I'm on the other end. I don't want to watch like a Hallmark movie, mm-hmm. something oh, that just sure. is glossy and offers some sort of like just cheesy, easy answer. I mean, there is a movie. I mean, I watch a trailer. Everybody, go look it up. I don't even remember what it's called, but it's a uh, a trailer for uh, a man. Is it Man's Best Friend? A dog's purpose? A dog's purpose? Oh, I think I've seen maybe <laughs> this trailer. <laughs> And it's a part, like essentially a part two to a dog's purpose, and it has is Dennis this Quaid. Dog, is this dog that reincarnated? Yeah, it's a dog. <laughs> the same dog, like energy and soul, gets passed down through all these different breeds of dogs. Oh, I was a little here for it. Oh, I know. I'm sure everybody's here for it. It plays to our deepest some things, but yeah. like I'm not in terms of beauty. Yeah, I'm saying like that seems like really cheap, watered down, cheesy beauty, and something I probably wouldn't return to. Yeah, I can't imagine that I'm going to be watching a movie like that. So yeah. personally, mm-hmm. and maybe, and maybe I'm saying personally, maybe I'm advocating and encouraging people to think of it this way, mm-hmm. and then go ahead and encourage me to think of things a certain way too. I'm I'm here for that too. Yeah. But I'm saying I do think there's something interesting and compelling and worth exploring with art that takes both those things seriously. It's almost like uh, sweet and salty, tangy, mm-hmm. sweet. You know, like the two together in in one piece is very interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. I, can't, I can't have a word of hope unless you've conveyed to me that you've taken uh, darkness seriously. I won't, I won't have it. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not in a way of like me putting up a fight and standing. My, my soul just won't have it. Yeah. If you haven't shown me that you understand that the world is broken, the, the word of hope will sound false. Yeah. I think that's really true. I think I probably gravitate towards that too, especially when I think of like an album mm-hmm. or like a playlist. When I think of making a playlist, I for sure immediately think, well, we have to have some like, some despair, some real despair going here. Like it has to have that. And when I think of the greatest albums for me, like they're almost, they're, they're probably mostly tragic with little hints of hope. Yes. Which I don't know that that's fascinating to me. Um, but we're also an INFP podcast. In terms of like other mediums though, like, I mean, I just really think of when I think of beauty and art, I really think of paint. I know that's one of the differences between us. And that's really interesting because you weren't necessarily trained or brought up that way, but you just have naturally been drawn towards paint. Yeah. And I, I do think it is all mostly just like color yeah. it's like this weird color. thing Synesthesia. i don't know what it is <laughs> but like <clears throat> do you see color when you hear music no i don't mm, i don't okay. but you do have emotions around color. Um, i don't know what that is like the idea of a huge mural in like a kind of like janky area mm-hmm. is like 
the most beautiful image to me. Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. I don't have as big of emotions about it. When as I see it. like a mural, <laughs> it makes that it like it evokes something like really huge inside of me. <laughs> when <laughs> and you I say this, I really would just love to walk around in your shoes for a day. <laughs> and I don't know if it's like necessarily hope, mm-hmm. but it's something. Um, like we recently this class that I was in recently, they did it. They just completed a mural in their classroom and they worked really hard on creating the sunset and each kid practiced their technique of how they were going to contribute to the sunset. And like the final piece is so beautiful. Wow. Like it's this beautiful kid drawn mural mm. with like, they each have their own creature in it. Mm. And it's, it's There's something very communal about very that. communal. And I just think art like that is just like raw expression is so hopeful to me. Like mm-hmm. when I see someone who's just doing something, like you can see the joy of just the color, the joy of playing with the medium. That is hopeful to me. Ooh. So I think yes. I come at it from this weird side angle because I also just like painting. Mm. So I I see that I see a piece of art and I'm also like the process behind it. I can see that process. And so I'm like, wow. Just the process itself. Probably. Or just the and bringing to fruition of vision. Yeah, the bringing yeah. to fruition of vision, too. Yeah. I think one of the things I was challenged by this book, and I'm even continuing to be challenged by in this conversation, is this idea of uh, the intent, the mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. Does art necessarily have to have a message? I think my I don't think answer, so. Yeah, I think my answer is no. I think art that does have a message has a place and is interesting mm-hmm. and to think like what was the artist trying to say so for example like as everybody knows if you listen to our conversion episode i was just in belfast mm-hmm. and there was an artist that uh put things that trap us in bird cages mm-hmm. literally there were bird cages hanging around so there was ipads and um materialistic, capitalistic things sitting in these cages that are trapping us, essentially. And I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that artist obviously had something in mind, had a point, Mm -hmm. and was trying to get us to think about something important. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But having said that, that, that's not necessarily something that's essential to, to good art. No. No, I don't think so. I think that that's the... We pick the world's, like, art is the world's biggest topic. It's so... Versatile. Yeah, I think it's something it that's going to keep coming up on this podcast. Like, what is it? I mean, there's literally so many mediums. If you listen to Art of Playlist Making 2 with our, our friend Greg, I think all three of us, Greg included, looked back on it and said, we're all contradicting we're ourselves. always contradicting if ourselves. If you're going to have a conversation about art, it seems like you're just going to inevitably contradict <laughs> yourself. <laughs> what is it? There's probably some people who don't. Meaningless. But, Meaning. But intention. I think, not intention. Well... I really do think this is one of those kind of words and big topics where it's it necessitates that all of these contradicting ideas remain in tension and that we hold them together because it's this is this big, beautiful, complex, mysterious thing. Creativity, expression, that in itself is so mysterious. So if we ever have a grip on it and are like, this is what it is, then like we're, we're we're not actually defining it because it's, yeah, it's innately mysterious, I think. I don't want to be the type of person that's like, that's not art. Right. You know, right. I don't, oh, I don't want I that think ever to I'm, come out of my I'm mouth. like really like a, anything can be art. Yeah, I kind of am like that. I don't know what Greg thinks about that, but that was the crazy thing listening to that episode is I think he agrees with that. Yeah. But he kind of contradicts himself and so do we. So whatever. So shoulder shrug. Art, art is maybe, maybe that's part of art. Our art 
contradicts itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woo. All right, everybody. Hopefully that's getting just one more step closer. <laughs> and now we're going to try. Here's, here's what I'm going to try to do. Macy has her own things that she's not sharing with me, so it's a mystery. <laughs> I'm going to try to share some examples. So now you're going to really understand. What, what is he talking about? Well, I'm going to, this is a show and tell time. Again, we're inviting you into the living room. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you have a, a nice, comfortable place. Maybe you're on a nice walk in, in the woods. <laughs> and we're going to share some artsy things with you that mm-hmm. hopefully will add some value to your life. Hopefully, you'll find to be compelling and interesting. And you just get to sit back and listen. I'm going to do a reading, a song, and a poem. So That's coming that's up. That's coming up. Okay, we're back, everybody. This is sort of a sharing, show and tell. But like what I said in terms of options for living, you can go and watch a sports program mm-hmm. or you can sit and listen to people read things. That's <laughs> what this is. We're sitting in a living room. So options for living. Uh-huh. We're, we're, we're offering this to you as listeners as something that hopefully you'll enjoy. Mm-hmm. But we're also just sitting here having fun participating. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm ha- I'm having fun reading this, and hopefully Macy's going to enjoy it. Oh, this is from a really yeah. good book, everybody. So someday I would love to do an episode on Annie Dillard, although I don't know how we would do that. There's just so much. But uh, I probably mentioned Annie Dillard in the podcast. Every year I choose an author to read, and I spent a year reading Annie Dillard, and I love her. I think she's a kindred spirit. I think she's a five-wing four. Um, and this this is a book called Teaching a Stone to Talk. Expeditions and Encounters by Annie Dillard. And it's essentially little essays and ponderings that Mm -hmm. she wrote. So there's no like necessarily big grand theme. It's just random ponderings. And this is an example of what I've been talking about. It's something that um, sort of takes the complexity and the seemingly meaningless nature of existence and yet tries to infuse it with some potential hope. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's a shorter essay, but I do hope you just give it a little bit of patience. I mean, I'm reading four pages. Four pages in this format can maybe seem a little long, but hopefully you'll enjoy it. So settle in to this. Here, settle in. This is called Sojourner. If survival is an art, then mangroves are artists of the beautiful. Not only that they exist at all, smooth, embarked, glossy-leaved, thickets of lapped mystery, but that they can and do exist as floating islands, as trees upright and loose, alive and homeless on the water. I have seen mangroves, always on tropical ocean shores, in Florida and in the Galapagos. There is the red mangrove, the yellow, the button, and the black. They are all short, messy trees, waxy-leaved, laced all over with aerial roots, woody arching buttresses, and weird leathery berry pods. All this tangles from a black muck soil, a black muck matted like a mud-sopped rag, a muck without any other plants, shaded cold to the touch, 
tracked at the water's edge by herons and nosed by sharks. It is these shoreline trees which, by a fairly common accident, can become floating islands. A hurricane flood or a riptide can wrest a tree from the shore or from the mouth of a tidal river and hurl it into the ocean. It floats. It is a mangrove island blown. There are floating islands on the planet. It amazes me. Credulous Pliny describes some islands thought to be mangrove islands floating on a river. The people call these river islands the dancers because in any concert of musicians singing, they stir and move at the stroke of the feet, keeping time and measure. Trees floating on rivers are less amazing than trees floating on the poisonous sea. A tree cannot live in salt. Mangrove trees exude salt from their leaves. You can see it, even on shoreline black mangroves as a thin white crust. Lick a leaf and your tongue curls and coils, your mouth's a heap of salt. Nor can a tree live without soil. A hurricane-born mangrove island may bring its own soil to the sea, but other mangrove trees make their own soil and their islands from scratch. These are the ones which interest me. The seeds germinate in the fruit on the tree. The germinated embryo can drop anywhere, say, onto a dab of floating muck. The heavy root end sinks. A leafy uh, plumule unfurls. The tiny seedling afloat is on its way. Soon, aerial roots shooting out in all directions trap debris. The saplings' networks twine, the intricacies narrow, and water calms in the lee. Bacteria thrive on organic broth. Amphipods swarm. These creatures grow and die at the tree's wet feet. The soil thickens, accumulating rainwater, leaf rot, seashells, and guano. The island spreads. More seeds and more muck yield more trees. Turning pages on the island. A society grows interlocked in a tangle of dependencies. The island rocks less than the swells. Fish throng to the backwater, stilled and snarled roots. Soon, Asian mudskippers, little four-inch fish, clamber up the mangrove roots into the air and peer about the per per periscope eye on stalks like snails. Oysters clamp to subversed roots, as do starfish, dog whelk, and the creatures that live among tangled kelp. Shrimp seek shelter there, limpets and hold fast, pelagic birds arrest. And the mangrove islands wanders on, afloat and adrift. It walks, teetering and wanting before the wind. Its fate and direction are random. It may bob across an ocean and catch on another mainland shore. It may starve or dry while it is still a sapling. It may topple in a storm or pitch pole. By the rarest of chances, it may stave into another mangrove island in a crash and clacking roots and mesh. What is most likely to do, what it is most likely to do, is drift anywhere in the alien ocean, feeding on death and growing, netting a makeshift soil as it goes, shrimp in its toes and turns in its air. We could do worse. I alternate between thinking of the planet as home dear and familiar stone hearth and garden, and as a hard land of exile in which we are all sojourners. Today, I favor the latter view. The word sojourner occurs often in the Old English Testament. It invokes a nomadic people's sense of vagrancy, 
a praying people's knowledge of estrangement, a thinking people's intuition of sharp loss. For we are strangers before thee, and sojourners as were all of our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow, and there is none abiding. We don't know where we belong, but in times of sorrow, it doesn't seem to be here. Here with these silly pansies and witless mountains. Here with sponges and hard-eyed birds. In times of sorrow, the innocence of the other creatures from whom and with whom we evolved seem a mockery. Their ways are not our ways. We seem set among them as among lifelike props for a tragedy or a broad lampoon on a thrust rock stage. It doesn't seem to be here that we belong. Here where space is curved, the earth is bound. We're all going to die, and it seems as wise to stay in bed as budge. It is strange here, not quite warm enough, or too warm, too leafy, or inedible, or windy, or dead. It is not, frankly, the sort of home for people one would have thought of, although I lack the fancy to imagine another. The planet itself is sojourner in airless space, a wet ball flung across nowhere. The few objects in the universe scatter. The coherence of matter dwindles and crumbles towards stillness. I have read and repeated that our solar system as a whole is careening through space toward a point east of Hercules. Now I wonder, what could that possibly mean, east of Hercules? Isn't space curved? When we get quote-unquote there, how will our course change and why? Will we slide down the universe's inside arc like mud slung on a wall? Or what sort of welcoming shore is this east of Hercules? Surely we don't anchor there and disembark and sweep into dinner with our host. Does someone cry, last stop? At any rate, east of Hercules, like east of Eden, isn't a place to call home. It is a course without direction. It is out, and we are cast out. These are enervating thoughts, the thoughts of despair. They crowd back, unbidden, when human life, as it unrolls, goes ill, when we lose control of our lives or the illusion of control, and it seems that we are not moving toward any end but merely blown. Our life seems cursed to be a wiggle merely and a wandering without end. Even nature is hostile and poisonous, as though it were impossible for our vulnerability to survive on these acrid stones. Whether these thoughts are true or not, I find interesting than the possibilities for beauty they may hold. We are down here in time where beauty grows. Even if things are as bad as they could possibly be and as meaningless, then matters of truth are themselves indifferent. We may as well please our sensibilities and with as much spirit as we can muster, go out with a buck and a wing. The planet is less like an enclosed spaceship, spaceship Earth, than it is like an exposed mangrove island, beautiful and loose. We the people started small and have since accumulated a great and solacing muck of soil of human culture. We are rooted in it. We are bearing it with us across everywhere and nowhere. The word nowhere is our cue. The concert of musicians strikes up and we in the chorus stir and move and start twirling our hats. A mangrove island turns adrift to dance. It creates its own soil as it goes, rocking over the salt sea at random, rocking day and night and around the sun, rocking round the sun and out towards east of Hercules. <laughs> That's called Sojourners by Annie Dillard. 
Perhaps that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I get really lost in that sort of stuff. Gosh, me too. But I love too that she does take you to the dark place and then even at the end doesn't say there is hope. She doesn't even know what that means. She doesn't know what meaning means. There's just these images and these emotions. She has such a beautiful way of like drawing you into the small things, which also pulls you out to the bigger picture. She's got a way. (laughs) She's got a freaking way. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she's a big time hero. Hopefully you guys like that. I really enjoyed that. I've read (laughs) that and I really enjoyed that. (laughs) Yeah, you've read that before. Yeah. Um, Okay, so that's one little thing we're going to fly by. This is my little, like, sharing section. So I got two more that are actually going to be much shorter. And I'll actually insert the audio of these things, but I'm going to try to share it with Macy here so she'll have a little taste of them. And then um, we'll quickly move on to Macy's little section. (laughs) Uh, If Macy's saved by beauty. (laughs) Okay, so this next one, this is great because it's doing what I really love and I do think this is a no small thing type of vibe. I'm going from Annie Dillard to a rap group called Run the Jewels. (laughs) (laughs) And they're both basically in the same category for me. Run the Jewels is a rap group with uh, LP and Killer Mike. They've been around for a while. And to me, they do the same thing. So it's the same spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a different genre and a different medium, but mm-hmm. like that that's what I think sometimes I could have, I would love to have some sort of rap blog or rap podcast someday. Rap is my thing. Yeah. For, for better if or I was worse. into rap, this would be like an all rap podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'd just go all in on rap, <laughs> which is maybe good that you keep us a little balanced, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to play the first line now. Killer Mike to me is one of the best rappers of all time, but we're not going to look at Killer Mike's verse tonight. So I'm just trying to keep it a little bit short for you guys. This LP verse at the beginning, this is, um, run the jewels first album. And it's just called run the jewels. And their second album is called run the jewels two. And their third album is called run the jewels three. <laughs> uh, this song is called a Christmas effing miracle. And I think the lyrics that are here is essentially the same thing Annie Dillard was doing, which is highlighting the brokenness and despair and and offering a little bit of hope, Mm -hmm. but in a way that doesn't feel cheesy or forced. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play it for Macy now, and then we'll put it in the, the episode. Atlantic, never looked both ways, ran in traffic, pops went away, but I stayed vagrant, place where the steel and cement became nature, look what you did with the place, it looks gorgeous, cityscape with a flood of good men courses, and the dreamers of bull trapped the porcelain, take a knee to the gods and get horseshit, wanna live with a thrill, they'll arrange it, got a bevy of imps to spit hatred, shit'll get in your head and cause panic. 
have you desperately begging to get famous. Get your dignity dirty and left orphaned. Sanity on the fringe of distorted. Who are they to just take shit and hoard it? Who am I that I don't get my portion? The most impressionable minds get molested and informed by manipulating forces. Don't fret, little man, don't cry. They can never take the energy inside you were born with. Knowing that, understand, you can never be poor. You already won the war, you were born rich. You can only take the energy you have going back to the ground where the home of your Lord is. Whoever, whatever that Lord is, couldn't give a fuck if you ever made fortunes. Fuck anyone ever trying to run that pump shit. Send it to the flames where the horse lit. Him and the lost minds thinking they're smarter than us. Don't understand love's importance. And we can weaponize that, bring it back to the truth where the ashes and dust got formed in. Uh, okay, so that was Run the Jewels, everybody. So we got Andy Dillard, Run the Jewels. Maybe Hopefully you're enjoying episode. this. Maybe a future Putting episode, Run the, the Jewels. I would love to do that. We've done Kendrick. We've done Kanye. We've done Joanna Newsom. We've done Beach House. We've done Twilight Pilots twice, <laughs> which is great. Um, so this last thing that I'm offering in my little section to you all is a poem by a guy that I have a hard time pronouncing his name. It's Padraig Otuma. Padraig Otuma. And he's actually going to be, if you listen to my our conversion episode, I went to this festival in Belfast called Wake, and I'm going back to Ireland with my wife in October to another conference hosted by the same guy, Peter Rollins, called Spark. And this poet is going to be the host of Spark, and or the person we're essentially going to be hearing from most. Um, but to me, this poem represents another, it's just another great example of what I'm talking about and what I think this book is trying to convey about art that takes the full range of humanity seriously. Mm -hmm. So this is essentially a reinterpretation of the creation narrative. And (laughs) you can make the argument a better version of it, Mm -hmm. a fuller, richer version. You could say the creation narrative in its original form is genius for its time in terms of like how it depicts the full range of humanity. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. yet this is a may, maybe a more modern, more, approachable, more like maybe you could say this does for us now what perhaps that original creation story did for others at the time. Helps us get in touch with That's a good way of putting it. That's a good way of putting it. All right, good. (laughs) I'm not just talking nonsense. No, this guy's got a a great accent. He's also got a really cool Irish accent. Now I've I've listened to this probably ten times and it's never gotten old for me. So I think Macy and I are just gonna sit and watch it again for fun. (laughs) Uh, so, so just so you know, we're 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 listening along with you all. But we're, we're in gonna, this listening gonna, part. I'm gonna of put the, the audio. I'm gonna put the audio version of what I'm about to play into the episode. So, but here it comes. This is this this poem is called Make Believe, which I also love the title. My name is Padre Gautuma, and this is a poem called Make Believe. And on the first day, God made something up. Then everything came along. Seconds, sex, and beasts, and breaths, and rabies. Hunger, healing, lust, and lust's rejections. Swarming things that swarm inside the dirt. Girth, and grind, and grit, and shit, and all shit's functions. Rings inside the tree trunk, and branches broken by the snow. Pigs' hearts, and stars. Mystery, suspense, and stingrays. Insects, blood and interests and death 
eventually us with all our viruses, laments and curiosities, all our songs and made up stories and our songs about the stories we've forgotten and all that we've forgotten, we've forgotten. And to hold it all together, God made time and those rhyming seasons that display decay. Yeah, well, there you go. There's a TED Talk, apparently, that we don't know about, but... (laughs) Scott, you're going to see that guy. I'm going to see that guy and have some workshops with him and whatever. (laughs) That'll be interesting. Scott's going to tap even more into your creative side. You'll be unlocked creatively. Hopefully you guys all like that. It's just a little smattering of uh, (laughs) (laughs) beauty, maybe. (laughs) Things that are pointing to beauty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully my reading wasn't too monotone. I don't think I have so. Hard time tr- reading sometimes, but I don't think so. Um, that's that's my little take, a little, a little, hopefully, a something to you. A glimpse of glimpse. Scott's what inspires Scott. That, that that stuff, all three of those things have very very much inspired me yeah. and are uh, an example of the types of things that inspire. Mm-hmm, me, mm-hmm. You know, so that's my little section. Coming up is uh, Macy. I've got I've got plans now in my up. head. Spell <laughs> Yeah, she's got plans. Coming up. All right, we'll go back. <laughs> are back we're back macy's it, turn it's macy's show and share time show and share so when i was thinking about things that inspire me a lot of things came to mind but then also i felt like a little stuck but here we are here we are <laughs> i feel like i have spontaneity feeling out the vibe <laughs> that's that's again the nature i just feel like it's really hard for me to nail down in terms of like what specific thing inspires me because it does feel like it's such a weird myriad of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of going to speak to that. So I'm going to b- talk about three things. Yes. Okay. The first one is kind of this band, but I am probably mostly specifically going to name this song and maybe we will play it. Ooh. But it is... Surprise, surprise, the band 21 Pilots. What? What? 21 Pilots? (laughs) Um, And I think that this band, T.O.P., 21 Pilots, probably speaks most to what you were kind of also speaking to of this naming, like kind of despair and Mm -hmm. then offering a bit of hope. Um, Specifically their album, Vessel, Mm -hmm. which is kind of like the quintessential 21 Pilots album in my eyes and the album that, of all music in my 24 years of life thus far has been the most inspiring. And Vessel is an album that offers really real honesty and despair and gives a lot of space for expression and gives Mm -hmm. a lot of space for all the thoughts to come to the surface. And they're not like, held back but they're they're given a voice mm, I'm and getting there's a little emotionally there's room for it. them 
Yeah, they they do a good job, and 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 they offer something to their listeners. Yeah, it's been so helpful. It's so freaking helpful. Um, and all day I've had the song "Migraine" stuck in my head, and I think that mm. maybe we'll play "Migraine" and mm. insert "Migraine," but I think that song offers it's up to you so much. Hope. Should I've inserted it there? Um, you want to you want to proceed as if we've just listened to it. <laughs> or do you want to stop and listen to it? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh. So. In a second, we're going to listen to Migraine, everybody. Migraine is a Group song. listening party. That it, it is like sharply like honest and sharply like very negative. And like. Yeah. Um, it's, it is a moment where like you can tell that Tyler, the writer, just let it out. Mm-hmm. And at the end the song offers such kind of a sweet hope. Like there's hope out the window. Um, True. And the song is so almost sweet at the end. And the sweetness is very much. That's another thing I just want to mention is it takes you off guard. Yeah. Because it got you into a place of there is nothing. Yeah. And I'm sad. And then all of a sudden, wait, what? Like, and it's it's a full acknowledgement of that. It's a full welcoming of that. It's yeah. not a pushing that away. That when that happens, then there's there's room for that bit of mm. sweetness and that bit mm. of hope. Mm. And that song offers it, but I think the whole album as a whole does. Throw the by, by the time you're at truce, which is my favorite. Such a sappy, sentimental, sweet song, and yet it is also incredibly earned. Yeah, but I also just say about truce is the context for truce is an assumed bleakness. Yes, so, yes. So it's coming at you in that spirit. It is for sure an assumed bleakness. There is, you know, some art comes at you as like, aren't we all just celebrating how amazing life is? Life mm-hmm. is amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about amazing life as truce is like, even the title itself. It's yeah. Like, I essentially, I mean, I'm going to get really dark here for a second, but my interpretation of that title even is like, I'm going to stop trying to kill myself. I'm going to yeah. stop wrestling with whether I'm going to exist or not. I, Truce. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Ugh. I think that is Yeesh. really a lot that what's happening. And I mean, it, it begins with now the night is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole album has been the nighttime. It's exposing us to the nighttime. Mm, man, I'm getting into it right now. <laughs> I love I love that album. I That's all. Um, so maybe we'll insert migraine. It's up to you. Are you making an executive decision right now? I think so. I want people to listen to do migraine. You want, do you want to insert migraine or do you want to insert truce? Oh, I don't know. I think I think I, I have an idea. Okay. Let's insert migraine and end the episode with truce. Okay, that's a fun idea. Okay. okay. <laughs> so just know we're gonna here comes migraine. And when you get to the end of this episode, probably right after the Rivination, Truce will come on. So enjoy that. But right now, here comes Migraine. My, migraine. Am I the only one I know? Raging my words behind my face and above my throat. Shadows will scream that I'm Thank God. 
God, it's Friday, cause Fridays will always be better than Sundays, cause Sundays are my suicide days. I don't know why they always seem so dismal. Thunderstorms, cloud snow, and a slight drizzle. Whether it's the weather or the letters by my bed, sometimes death seems better than the migraine in my head. Let it be said what the headache represents. It's me defending in suspense, it's me suspended in a defenseless test. Being tested by a ruthless examiner that's represented best by my depressed. I do not have writers, but my writer just hates the clock. It will not let me sleep. I guess I'll sleep when I'm dead. And sometimes death seems better than the migraine in my head. Am I the only one I know? Waging my wars behind my face and above my throat. Shadows will scream that I'm alone. But I know. So not what's growing in my psyche It's a different me A difficult to beast of feasting on down trees Freeze frame Please let me paint a mental picture portrait Something you won't forget It's all about my forehead And how it is a dork that holds back contents That make Pandora's box contents Look non-violent Behind my eyelids are islands of violence My mind shipwrecked This is the only land my mind could find I did not know it was such a violent island Full of tidal waves Suicidal craze Lions are trying to eat my blood running down and I know that I can fight or I can let the lion win I begin to assemble what weapons I can find Cause sometimes to stay alive you gotta kill your mind Say that we should take a day to break away from all the pain our brain has made. The game is not played alone. And I would say that we should take a moment and hold it and keep it frozen and know that life has a hopeful undertone. And I will say that we should take a day to break away from all the pain our brain has made. The game is not played alone. And I will say that we should take a moment and hold it and keep it frozen and know that life has a hopeful undertone. Hopefully you guys, guys like that. Liked that. T.O.B. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast and you really <laughs> don't like 21 Pilots, that, that would be it. interesting. Okay. Can I side note story yeah. really quick? I met someone. <laughs> Old school. Two days ago. Reuven's friend from school who's super, he seems super cool. He gave me a song suggestion that's on your playlist. Ooh. Um, did, did we already mention you just made me a playlist? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he 
is from Ohio. And I was like, you're from Ohio? Do you know Tyler Joseph? And he Do you was know like, Tyler Joseph? He was like, he is so good at basketball. Blah, oh, oh blah. yeah. yeah he is known for that. Couldn't, yeah. He played basketball against him in high school. Wow. Knew Tyler Real. and his brother. And Real. was like, they were so good at basketball. Wow. I couldn't believe he quit basketball for music. And now <laughs> here he is. What if he was in the NBA? I know. Good little side note. Good little Tyler. Yeah. Okay, so there's my Tyler side story. <laughs> okay, so the other, so that's one kind of beauty that really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. The first one I just mentioned. The second one I have a reading for. And this is when art can, like, there are moments where art or writings or whatever it is can pull me, like, back. They they give me a sense of grounding in my smallness in Ooh. the universe. Ooh. And I think that that is incredibly profound. And so when I think of that, this passage by Carl Sagan, the pale blue Ooh. dot, always the comes to mind. Dot. I have like the pale blue dot, like a painting in my room written Ooh. there. Um, this has been... When things become overwhelming, this is always a grounding reminder. Yes. This idea of, honestly, our littleness and this is good. meaninglessness, Ooh, in a oh, sense, oh, in oh, terms oh. of the cosmos. Yeah. Something, um, something that kind of humbles you, maybe, a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Will beauty save the world? We don't know. Keep thinking, everybody. So I'm going to read <laughs> this little section from Carl Sagan's book, Pale Blue Dot. Oh, wow. Here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Macy, I didn't even realize this. Macy has a Carl Sagan book here <laughs> yeah. on the table. Here it is. Okay. This isn't a poem either. It's just a... It's like a passage. It's kind of like his intro, his intro uh, which is titled You Are Here. And this is the the final this is, this like is, uh, four add, paragraphs. Oh, this is adding some big stuff to the episode. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoy this. Yeah, I'm going to read it and try and not stumble. It's, don't worry about stumbling. All right, we're still here for it. Look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, and economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a mode of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph, they could become momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Think of the endless cruelties visited by the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel on the scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequent their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity and all this vastness, there's no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. 
The earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit, yes, settle not. Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we... Like it or not, for the moment, the earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is humbling and character-building experience. This is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than the distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. Oh, oh, so good. So good. Wow. (laughs) What do you do with that? It's another thing. I I, I guess all of these things, um, all the things I think we've just mentioned, Mm -hmm. there isn't this like jamming down your throat of certainty or hope. Mm -mm. There's a a wondering of maybe we could. Maybe Mm -hmm. maybe we could be a little kinder. Mm -hmm. Maybe there is a little bit of meaning in the midst of it, although we don't know what meaning is. (laughs) Maybe we should... Maybe we should stay alive. Truce. Let's try. You know, let's yeah. make peace. Yeah. But it's not like this idea of like, yeah, there's meaning. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's clear. This, 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 you know, and here's how exactly how to do it. It's, it's not arrogant. It's, it's a hopeful. Mysterious. Wondering. Yeah. Wondering. Oh, and that's more compelling to me. Yeah. I wish people knew that. I wish people knew that if they're, well, I guess for certain personalities, I don't know how it is for other pe- people. What, what do you wish people knew? If you're, if there's, there's sort of like a three, like seven, like, I don't know, assertive salesman, like quality to certain, um, meaning pitches, people hmm. making pitches at you for meaning. Hmm. And it's like wanting to convince you and coerce you. And, and, they're thinking that, I mean, you could talk about sort of Christian fundamentalists. They think they're making, they're they're doing something that's saving you or mm, helping you. Like holding you. something really tightly. Yeah, and I'm like, you're. This is counterproductive, because your aggression is actually making me want to dig my heels in and not listen. Mm, mm. But if you come at me in this more poetic, artistic pondering, wondering way, I'm probably going to hear you. You're more, yeah, yeah. You're more inspired to do something Mm -hmm. if it's not shoved down your throat. I wasn't planning on hearing this Carl Sagan thing, but in terms of beauty will save the world, that adds a, that infuses the whole conversation with a little bit of science, honestly. I know. Well, in science. Astronomy. Science feels like an art form in in itself. It's discovery, exploration. Oh, for sure. It's, it's so tightly bound with art in my opinion. You could say, and I think science in my life personally gets a a bad rap because it seems probably in unfairly overly logic based, Mm -hmm. which it is logic Mm -hmm. based, but science as I've grown older, and this sounds obvious to most people, but it wasn't obvious to me growing up, um, requires a lot of creativity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wondering, mm-hmm. curiosity, willingness yeah. to try so many different things. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh, for sure. Carl Sagan, everybody. There it is. <laughs> Scott is overwhelmed by we, this. Okay. Well, isn't this great? This is what I love. <laughs> this is why I say this is a no small thing episode. You know, we have <laughs> Annie Dillard. We have Run the Jewels. We have this Irish poet that I shared, <laughs> whose name I can't pronounce. 
We have Carl Sagan and we have 21 Pilots. <laughs> Juxtapose with Carl Sagan. I love that. I love it. <laughs> okay. So I have one final okay. thing. Okay. Here we this go. final thing isn't a reading, nor is it a song. It's just me telling a story of artwork that You're going to sing a song for us? Shared. No, I will not <laughs> sing a song. Um, okay. Tell a story of some artwork. Artwork that has been incredibly inspirational yes, and I already influential this. I'm in very excited. Life. I'm very excited for you to talk about this. So if you listen to our episode, I don't know, five, I think. Oh, Wilderness oh, and Holy Ground, oh, episode nine. Did you talk about this I kind of talk about this, but here we go, everybody. Here we go. Oh, so, I, I mean, even even if somebody had been tracking and remembers that was almost a year ago, <laughs> I'm sure they would enjoy a re-tread tread of that topic. Yeah. But most people probably don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so, so this idea of beauty will save the world, and then we titled it Beauty Will Save Scott Macy. Yeah. And then in my head I thought, Beauty Will Save Macy. Oh, oh, let me just say, because I don't think we made this very clear. Uh-huh. In my mind, the things we just shared are examples of, a, of things that I do think have saved us. Oh, yes. Oh, pull yes. Pull us out of despair. Pull me, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Snaps to that thought. Yeah. <laughs> um. So speaking of despair. Okay. <laughs> okay. Does anybody want to talk about despair? Um, I'm emo. It's fine. About a year ago, <laughs> I was, I'm it was emo, it's fine. literally a, about a year ago, I was in kind of a really like down on myself season, was feeling very lost, felt mm-hmm. like I didn't have any grounding. Um, I had kind of like... Change what I wanted to maybe do with like my career and things like that. But I think a lot of it was ideological and a lot of it was existential. And I was feeling both like emotionally and mentally very lost and confused. So that's a nice picture of Macy. Imagine Macy, it's like late Seattle, like spring, it's rainy, it should be warmer, it should be sunnier. Just not feeling like myself, not feeling confident, all these things. And feeling disoriented. Like really disoriented and very, like, honestly, just very hopeless. Mm. Um, and mostly just in myself. I like, didn't see myself properly, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and in this season, I would drive this, like, very similar route to work and drive it home. And all of a sudden, like, kind of around this time that I was like going through a little bit of like existential crisis, there started to pop up these like graffiti yellow flowers. And this is a good element to this conversation. This is a good element. Yeah. It's just another element that we have. This is a new element. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting loaded. Very interesting. Um, and I started to notice them and, they were really small. Like, they're really simple yellow flowers. There's nothing too big about them. Spray-painted yellow flowers. They're like on, daisies. Yeah. It, on uh, buildings and um, telephone poles. Mm-hmm. And all over the place. And We're, we're in a city. Yeah, we're, we're city, in everybody. Seattle. And they were pretty consistent what they look like, although some were actually yellow, some were teal, and some were purple. But and kind of on, like what she said, like mostly on a particular Like route. a very particular route that I drove to work. <laughs> like it's very particular very streets strange. that they're on. Um, and as like this season of me kind of trying to find myself, um, I was kind of grappling on a lot of different things for hope. And I can't testify that it was, it's not like the yellow flowers were 
what like helped me find my grounding and my feet. But when I think of signs of hope and I think of like the little things that help give me like a sense of peace in a season where I felt very lost, I immediately think of those freaking graffiti yellow flowers. Yes, yes, yes. I would see them and they would call me to like appreciate things and Mm -hmm. call me to hope and call me to see something bright and something hopeful and something kind of new and fresh in a season where I wasn't seeing that. So these these small little yellow flowers with whom I don't know who the artist is. I don't know why they were there. I don't know what they're about. These small yellow flowers came to represent something and also served as signs of hope. And I'm really thankful for them. And it just brings up so many things <laughs> that is worthy of another episode <laughs> of, of to think about the idea that you were sort of in the season of being introduced to the color yellow mm-hmm. through 21 pilots mm-hmm. and how that was hopeful. So 21 pilots was, was teasing this new album yeah. and they were dropping the color yellow, which was new for them. And there was a video where people are sort of showering yellow flowers down on someone. It was weirdest timing ever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Macy's seeing yellow flowers. So I think one of the questions and one of the potential pushbacks of this whole concept of beauty will save the world. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a pushback, but, um, the, 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 the spray painting graffiti of the yellow flower could just be what it is. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be necessarily a meaning intended by the creator of that mm-hmm. yellow flower. And yet, and this is what I love actually about art, you, this, and this is a very um, poignant and aggressive example of this, mm-hmm. brought something to that experience Yeah, that the creator probably never would have intended, but probably would definitely celebrate, I imagine. I think so. I think it's interesting because it feels like a lot of like timing and just like something that's like almost divine or like other like transcendent, Mm -hmm. maybe. This is like why. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Like, I of course chose to attach something to those flowers when I saw them, but I don't, I can't remember specifically consciously choosing to do that. Right. And so it seems like this otherworldly thing or something like evoking like a spirit within me to them. Ah, I, I don't am know. Big here for that, but uh, we don't, we, none of us have any certainty about it. No right? certainty. All I know is that these like tiny little yellow flowers were very helpful mm-hmm. and saved me in a sense and inspired me. And they inspired me to like create art and inspired me to step into life more. Um, I'm, so I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Art's pretty cool. Graffiti <laughs> is pretty cool. Yeah. And I will just say in terms of, again, like what we try to think about, what are we offering listeners? I, I, on, a, on a final note, not final, uh, a, a, a concluding, potentially concluding note. <laughs> um, I, I would want to encourage people to, I think this yellow flower is a great example. Encourage people to let what is meaningful to them be meaningful to them. Yes. Don't yes. overthink it. Yeah. That f- yellow flower did mean something to you. And mm-hmm. and you don't need to you don't need to pinpoint why 
But let it let became the a spiritual thing. It became yeah. yeah. Feel it mm-hmm. and and enjoy it and revel in it and and just let it. If something is if something is being experienced as hopeful to you, just let it let it do that. Yeah, yeah, and like have walk around with open hands and open eyes to mm-hmm. seeing that. You don't know why, but it's it's there and it's happening. Probably on the same note, let yourself feel despair and grief mm-hmm. sometimes. Oh, Those yes. are real feelings that should not be shoved aside. Otherwise, some actually pr- fairly harmful and detrimental things are going to happen in your life. So that's what art does. It helps mm-hmm. us get in touch with those things. So it doesn't come and cause damage in our lives later. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we don't have the answers. Guys, <laughs> will beauty save the world? We still don't know, but we're really well, grateful for beauty it. Save the world. Yeah, we don't we don't even really know what beauty is, but That's true. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a fun one. But I do think this is what I want to say. I do think this is a um I, I, I don't know what I mean by this, but I think it's a no small thing episode. <laughs> That's the They're all the no small thing episodes. I know, but this is a real vibe that <laughs> I'm wanting. I, I want this vibe. And, and I do I do want the other vibes, but I do think there's a coming, coming there's like a coming back to home. A coming home sense. I this would agree. It feels like a coming home of sorts. And sure, Enneagram will be next week. Maybe Curiosity will be. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, but. yeah. We hope that you enjoyed this. I hope that this was in some way spark some inspiration in you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and coming up as always is a ruination this is what we're concluding on this week it's appropriate it's appropriate he'll bring a poem probably and we'll, we'll conclude with that so right. thanks for listening everybody we really appreciate it um coming up next is our good friend Reuven. <laughs> So the poem that I have, I think is appropriate. I've been wanting to read this poet for a while, but he is, he's a, he's a genius. He's difficult to read, but immensely rewarding. His name is Ed Roberson. Uh, and it's interesting because he, uh, he's a, he, he's a African, he's an African American poet, but his work never really received the amount of attention that, uh, you know, if you look at, like, the black arts movement, someone like Amir Ibaraka uh, does, although he is, like, his contemporary. Um, and, I th- and I first came across his, his work when I got this anthology called Black Nature, and the subtitle is um, Four Centuries of African-American Nature Writing. And the anthology is trying to break the assumption that, you know, like when you, we think of like nature writing, it's all like white people, <laughs> like Henry Thoreau, uh, Emerson, uh, John Muir, Annie Dillard, <laughs> Carrie Snyder or whoever. Uh, and, and Ed Roberson is featured heavily and, 
and he's written a lot on on nature, always you know in a way that's that that is from his own perspective, um, and he's also worked as like a diver for like a zoo. He's a he's worked as like a what like with rocks <laughs> and minerals, <laughs> which I think uh, uh, and. Which I think is, you know, like, you cannot be doing these things without having these things kind of, like, affect your art, right? Uh, so the title of this, this collection that I'll be reading from is, has overtones of, uh, you know, of, of like, uh, the Anthropocene or the world or whatever. Uh, it's called To See the Earth Before the End of the World. <laughs> um, and... I'm going to be reading two poems that are, that are connected. Uh, the first one is called New World Orchestra. And the second one is New World Orchestra in the Market of the Weavers. And I'll say, this is the end, everybody. So as you hear the second poem, that'll be it. So goodbye, okay. good night, and next week, History of the Enneagram. <laughs> goodbye. Here comes Ruthen in a poem. Two poems. I don't want to say a lot, but the title New World Orchestra should kind of like alert you to the historical reference that the poem is making. Okay. <laughs> New World Orchestra by Ed Roberson. The definite number of notes in the symphony to be played. Oh, start again. The definite number of notes in the symphony to be played. Each had a jar, fired clay, but in all different shapes, one for each note. A condor, a lizard, a monkey, a mouse, a woman with birds for hair, a man with conch feet. All were blown over a hole in odd spots of their design. Different patterns on a fish blew a different tone within the range of fish notes, and the same applied to all the animals. One player to every note made an orchestra. Each song had its particular orchestra, an order of breathing that exhaled the note each player blew like an answer to his name and a roll call, all going down the list for each note for each jar. Most of the soundings together had other jars, as in fish with heron, pig with snakes, sorts of grouping which together made a body that spoke its voice on internal meaning. The whole history and literature of the people of the jars was in their playing. When the people suddenly disappeared, nobody remembered why all these jars were full of holes and could carry nothing. New World Orchestra in the Market of the Weavers. In the market of the weavers, a man wears a poncho of chickens. He wove their scratchings to a fatness with corn. Now they are woven together by their feet, worn over his shoulders to market they hang upside down. 
What they will bring in weight opens their wings around him as if to free him. A clay figurine of a woman has a row of birds for hair. They lean over her forehead, a trim peck of bangs, except that from their beaks they hang a tapestry of her face. Their tails tilt up to fan a headdress, a nimbus above the song. You can play with her. She's an instrument of the wind, a clay flute. Quito, were we to discover the lost sisters of her orchestra, their song would play away each night, notation of stars into the mouth of a jar until the sky empties into the loss of their music. They are girls, the three ships I have seen bathing in a black mirror, a seeing glass. They are no good to me. Good has no way home from what goods it brought. They are three ships. There are three holes for the holes, the mouth of their hold, the stacks of unspoken decks of shadow, populations of insides, wind over the lips of their openings. Free day, bright and what is sure. 